I'm really excited to bring the word today. Um, as you probably all know, we're, we're, we're obviously discussing on First John, and I'm, I'm going to be covering First John chapter 2, verse 28 onwards, all the way through the end of chapter 3. Um, so that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Um, if you move over to the next slide. Um, and thank you so much, Bolo. That was an amazing prayer. Thank you so much. Um, wherever you are. Um, if you ping over to the next slide. So I don't know if anyone have noticed um, men's spies already on the shelves. Yes. Um, yeah, anyone noticed? Any, anyone actually bought the men's spies? We haven't got the next slide up yet. Oh, we haven't. Uh, that's okay. But whilst, it, whilst it's loading, I'm going to talk on men's spies now. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're there. Oh, yay. Okay, it's great. Um, so men's spies, I'm, I'm, I was talking men's spies. So people have already started buying. I mean, the amazing thing is, men's spies are already there on the shelves and people are already buying it. And I'm, I, I've been talking to some of my colleagues and they're already ticking off their gift lists, you know, oh. buying gifts and that kind of stuff. So it's just, it's just crazy because it, it's just, well, it was only September last month and we were talking about gift lists and, and it's just only October and they're already cracking on with Christmas. So it's, it's just interesting. And so I, I, th I thought I'd just put this, put this slide in here, not, not because I just want to randomly talk about Christmas, but um, it's just, it was just an interesting invitation to see the Christmas lights at Blenheim Palace. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a massive invitation and it just talks, it just shows how it's going to look on the day and it actually gets you, gets you excited and I actually want to go and see, you want to go to Blenheim Palace and actually see how it, how it actually looks. Uh, it's quite exciting, I don't know who would not get excited seeing that and we want to go and see that. Um, but, but, and, and this is, and so maybe just hold on to that thought in your back, you know, in the back of your mind because uh, I'm, I'm going to bring hopefully we you know go, go back to it again so if you if you flick back to the next um i just want to start off reading from 1 john chapter 3 verse 1 and and it reads like this see how great the love the father has bestowed on us that we will be called the children of god and such we are for this reason the world does not know us because it did not know him um, Earlier this week, I was talking to Andy, um, and then he was he asked, "Oh, how is how is your how is the prep coming along?" And I'm, I said, "Yeah, it's it's going great, um, but I'm stuck in verse one. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't know if it was the best thing to. I don't know if it actually gave any encouragement to him. But then, um, but it really was the case. I was really stuck in verse one for a good five days, because it just it just spoke so much to me, and 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 you'll probably see why in in the next few minutes." Um, I, it just, I just want to touch on that, the first word there, see. And, and I just feel like John, when he's writing this letter, I just feel like, I mean, some of, some of the translations don't use the word see, but in this translation in NASB, it talks about see. And I feel like John's actually saying, come, come and see the love of God. Come, come and see this really exciting stuff, this really groundbreaking stuff that you've never seen before. Come and see. And I just feel like he's, he's already really excited, but he's actually trying to get the people who are not really excited on that journey to, to see what actually he's already seen and heard because he walked with Jesus um, and he's seen the love that God, God carries. And, and we, myself and my lovely wife, we would love to go and see those lights in Blenheim Palace. Um, but how much more we would want to long to see the love of God. That's the invitation today. To, to see and behold the love of God in our lives. 
Um, I just want to take the word C a little more deeper. Um, so I, I looked into the root word of C, and I'm not going to go into the, 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 the root word, but these are the few verses that really, um, that uses the same root word C. So Matthew chapter 2, verses 16, it says, Then when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he became very enraged. In Mark chapter 2, verses 5, it says, And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. And in Matthew chapter 2, verses 11, it says, After coming into some stand, um, after coming to the house, they saw the child with Mary and his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening them, their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and um, So these, these are the three verses that use the same root word, see. So you can see here, there are two things I want to pick out of these three verses, and there are so many other verses that use the same root word, but um, the two things are really that you can actually pick here is you see physically. So, so after Jesus seeing their faith, after coming into the house and they saw, so there was a physical thing of actually seeing, or it's a it's a, you actually recognize. So Herod there on the first verse, it says Herod saw, but I don't think he actually saw the Magi cheating him. Like he didn't see, but he, he, he got the facts together and he understood, he perceived that, oh, that's what they've done. So, so it's, and that's what John is actually saying. See the love of God. Yeah. Come and see it. Come and physically see, come and actually recognize it for yourself. The love of God, the weight of the love of God. And, and I just, I just want to give that, I just want to leave just that with just this thought. Have we actually truly recognized and seen the love of God? Have we actually seen that? Have we, have we sought after knowing God who we know is love? love God is a definition of love. And, and the second thing that, that follows in that same verse, and, I, and I'm really grateful for that, that, that prayer um, that, that was prayed earlier about opening the, hearts, uh, opening the eyes of our heart, uh, which I think really um, spoke into this, what I was speaking. Um, and then the second thing following on from these three verses are, there's always an action. If you see, there is an action. So when Herod saw, he, he, he put some plans to actually go after them. After Jesus seeing their faith, he said something. After they, after they saw, they worshiped. There's always an action following what you see. And, and probably what, what is our action? And I'm going to come on to that in, in, in the next couple of slides. And the next one from the same verse, um, I, I want to read if you, if you go, yeah. And see how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we will be called the children of God. Um, it, it talks about God actually lavishly pouring his love on us. It, it talks about actually the act of giving love. Um, I don't know how many of you have actually recently given anything, uh, maybe giving to church or maybe giving to your family or neighbors. Um, I am an accountant by profession <laughs> um, and I tend to calculate what I give. It doesn't always work in the kingdom of God because you need to be generous. That's what the word of God says. Um, but I tend to sometimes, you know, calculate, okay, well, if you're going to give X, then we need to have X, Y, Z and the rainy fund and all that. So I, I tend to calculate. I tend to measure sometimes uh, what I give. Sometimes I just give freely and I'm just, yeah, go. But there are sometimes I need to calculate. I need to be reasonable. So, um, so I, I tend to measure. Um, and, and, and then there is this physical act of actually giving. Yeah, you actually give. Um, 
I feel God also has a similar calculator where he actually calculates what's the cost. Uh, but then I think he just took the calculator and threw it away and said, I'm going to give it all. And, and I feel that's, that's the love of God because he is so generous that he just wants to give it all. And, and sometimes we, we don't get it because we're so stingy um, that we just think God is also the same because I mean, well, I'm saying we're so stingy, I am sometimes. Um, so, and, and I sometimes can place that over God. Um, um, so, and then the third one uh, from the same verse, I told you I've got three things from that same verse. Um, see, see how great love the Father has bestowed on us that we will be called children of God. And I feel that's the, that's the identity that God has placed on us, that we are called the children of God. And, and that's what he wants us to, to use or, or, or stand as our security, as our position in God, that's, that we are called the children of God. And that's a position that he wants us to assume. Um, the, the Amplified Version puts it that we're named and called and counted the children of God. And I just, I just, I just love it because it just, it just keeps talking about how, how we are named, called and counted. God has, God has chosen and wanted to call us the children of God. And that's, that's amazing. And, um, you know, I, I, Quite some time back, I've, I used to always chase after people's acceptance. Quite often, I've, I've gone after, I, I hope I've made them happy. Um, and, and if they've not been happy, oh my God, I need to now make, make it good now. I need to somehow, you know, I need to make it good. I need to, I need to try and do something that, that, that makes them feel happy. And I tend, to some, I tend to get into that mentality. And sometimes by doing that, I have... I have put titles on my head, what people have called me. Or I tend to pick up name badges and place it on me saying, yeah, that's, that's me. Uh, because that's what they think I am. Or that's what I think they think about me. And it's like, a, it's like assumptions gone to the next level. And, that's, and, and I tend to then live that. I live that name badge that I've just ended up picking. And there was this moment where I was just talking to God, saying, God, what, why am I doing that? Why am I doing that? And, and I just felt like God, in a spur of a second, it, I don't think I even finished the sentence even before that, God said, well, you're doing that because you sought for acceptance from a bunch of people that never gave you acceptance. And that's why you continue to do that. And that I was doing something and I continue to do it. But my mind just froze. I, I, just, I just had a shock and I just had to, and I just had to say the inevitable, that, that is so true. And how often have we picked up titles that really never belong to us? How often have we picked up things that people have spoken over us or, or parents told that that's what you are and you can never be any better? Or how many times have, have you heard people and you boxed yourself in that place? But that's not what God is calling you. God is actually saying, you're, you're my child. He counted you as his child. And that's, that's amazing. So what are you allowing to shape your identity today? So, so now we know, we, we see 
his love. There is a, there is a thing of you need to see his love. And, and you know that God is an unrestrained giver. He gives freely and that we're a child of God. That's our identity. So I, I did say in the earlier message, in the earlier piece where if you see, there is always an action that follows what you see. So what is our action then if you see the love of God and you know that God has called us? And that's where we go into the next verse in verses three. And it says, and everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. And I think that's your action, that you have your hope fixed on God. And if you go to the next slide, uh, there are a couple of verses here. Um, and, and, it's not, and it's not a passive hope. It's, it's not a passive hope where you just, you just somehow just, just carry on hoping. It's, it's a hope that's alive. And um, in, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. God has called us to a living hope. It's not, an, it's not a passive hope. It's a hope that gets you going to do what you want to do next. It's not a passive hope that just lets you sit there and do nothing. It is a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hope that wants to please God. It's a hope that, wants, that pushes you to the next thing. And in 2 Corinthians 7, verses 1, it says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God which talks about purifying yourself in God. And that's basically just saying living a life of repentance in the presence of God. It's actually just living a life of repentance where you go back to God and want to, and where you've slept, you go back to God and, and live in according to his word. And if you, if you flick over to the next slide, please. Um, in John chapter 17, this is all just using the same, the same verse that I picked about hope fixed on God. Um, John chapter 17, verses 17, it says, sanctify them in the truth. This is Jesus saying, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And we know what sanctify means. Sanctify means set apart. And he's saying set apart, set them apart in the truth. And your word is truth. It basically says set them apart in your word. So there is nothing that can set us apart from this world that we live in other than with the word of God. You cannot try and set yourself apart from this world by being good. You can't do that. There's a limit to it and it's only the word, it's only the truth in you that can set you apart from the word of God, from, from this world. In Hebrews chapter four, verses 12, it says, for the word of God is, a, is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Um, and this is, and, this is um, and, and I, I recollect a, a famous saying that basically says, um, you, don't, you don't read the word, the word reads you. How often have we gone and read a word and, and just, just carried on reading? How, mu how much are we allowing the word to shape our lives? How much are we allowing the word of God to actually influence what we think and how we think and how we perceive? If, if we've just read that verse in, in 1 John where it says, if, let our hope be fixed on him and sanctify him, that's what it is then. If your hope is fixed on him, you will, you will allow the word to shape you. And that's what the verse that we just read there. Um, 
so the next, the next verse that I just want to read, there, there, are, a few, there are a few verses here. Um, and I'm just going to, and this, this basically talks about, this is from uh, verses 4 to 10, and I'm probably not going to read it um, all now. But I'm, and this basically talks about how we can sometimes get caught up um, with everything around us, with the, with the devil telling, speaking things over our lives sometimes that we tend to take, um, like the example that I spoke earlier. Um, in my childhood, I used to get involved in some, some really nasty stuff. Um, and well, it, unfortunately, well, I don't have anything really exciting, dramatic, like I got into guns and drugs. I'm unfortunately didn't, didn't go into that levels. Uh, but but I used to I used to get into the odd uh, you know fights and I used to talk some rubbish. And and that, that was that was that was basically. It. But but it was that was that was not that great um, to be honest. So um, but my heart was not really in the in the right place. It was um, I had a really hard heart. Uh, I didn't really feel for people. I didn't really feel um, the emotions of people. I just never allowed myself to, to, to get to that place. Um, and I feel like I was always in the position to try and defend myself. I had to fight because, I mean, I didn't have, many, I didn't have friends um, to say, and I, I, haven't, I wasn't really great at studying either. Um, so, so the only way that I could actually stand out was to defend myself and protect myself from, and making myself known to people that I'm, I'm better, yeah? Don't, don't look down on me, I'm better. And that's, that was me. I was trying to defend myself. Um, and, and, and I also saw the culture, there was no standard around me, so I just saw the culture and I picked whatever the culture started throwing at me. Um, yeah, so it was a, basically I wasn't doing that great. Um, the, but then the word of God here talks about the practice of sin, the practice of lawlessness. And, and that was it. I was really comfortable doing it. I wasn't feeling, no, I shouldn't do it. I, I wasn't feeling guilty. I just, I just loved doing it. I, I, well, I, did, I don't know if I loved it, but I, just, I was comfortable doing it. Um, how often, and, and I, was, I just carried on that life uh, of, of practicing um, that. And, and how often do we defend ourselves um, instead of getting God to be our defender. How often do we carry on and, and try and protect ourselves um, when actually we need to just give it to God and, and allow God to be our defender, allow God to be our provider. It's not your job that provides you. Yes, yes, it, you've got to do it, but it's God. Um, so in, verses, in verse seven, so from the same paragraph, uh, verses seven, it says, little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous and it's possible that you know when 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 John was writing this letter um, to the church um, or during the time where he was writing it it was possible that you know there, there was the prevalent uh, belief of Gnosticism and that was quite prevalent in the in, in the second century when he wrote it and um, and it's quite similar to you know the new age stuff that you see today um, about possible self-help uh, and, and the, just a new age philosophy where it's trying to just dilute and try and say, well, there, there are lots of other gods um, and, you know, it's not just the one god. And, you know, you start, you start making a cocktail of lots of things around you. Um, and it's interesting that how John just, just tried to, well, not tried to, he de-established it 
not by saying, don't believe them. He actually said, well, you're a child of God and God loved you and God still loves you. And then do not be deceived. He's actually giving them tools. He's establishing the structure of saying, this is how you need to carry on. And then just, just by nature, you would just not bother looking at them. And that's what John was saying. He was not, you know, he doesn't go and take a stick and say, stop being deceived. He was just, he, he actually gave them tools to just, just do it on their own. And quite often the, the whisperer can actually whisper things, the lies over your life. And sometimes that will deviate and dilute your hope that you've fixed on God. That tends to distract and get your mind somewhere else quite often. How often have we fallen to that? And um, in verses eight, it's a good reminder from the, same, from the same passage. In verses eight, it says, the one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Isn't that amazing? Because that, that gives you remedy, that gives you the tool, that gives you the hope that God has destroyed the power of sin over you. It will not prevail because God has won that over your life. And that's hope today, folks. If, if, you are, if you're struggling in a particular area or you're, or, you're, or, you're, or you're going through and you're practicing something that you just, you just, don't, want, you just want to, don't want to do it anymore, this is the message I want to share to you that God wants to restore hope and he is able to break that, the power of sin over your life. He's able to do that if you're willing to believe. I'm going to the next slide. Um, in, in, oh, actually before that. Oh no, that's then after that, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, before that, yeah, perfect. Um, didn't know my slide. And um, first John chapter three, verses 11, 14 to 19. I'm just going to read this quite um, quickly. It says, for this is the message which you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has a world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. We will know by this that we are, the tr we are of the truth and will assure our heart before him. Um, it's really interesting that the, that the first verse, um, verses 11, it says that we should love one another. I never read that verse like that until when I was preparing for the message, to be really honest. I know lovers, you need to love one another and I, know, I get it, it's a commandment. I never read that verse where it says we should love one another. I never, I never grasped it. And um, if you flick over to the next slide, and um, in 1 John chapter 4, verses 11, it says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. And this is, this is from the following chapter. And it again talks about the same thing, we ought to love one another. There's no opt-in or opt-out. 
you, you know, you can't just tick a box and say, ah, no, nah, not this guy. No, he, he's, he's too annoying. I'll opt out of loving him. No, the word of God just says you ought. You just should. There's no option like, yeah, these, these four people you can, you can get away. Um, but but the, the, the great thing is in chapter 15 of John, verses 12 to 13, it says, this is my commandment that you love one another and this is Jesus speaking, just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. And this is the message where, this is the gospel message basically that says that Jesus came to die on the cross for us. He laid down his life for us. And if God was able to lay his, down for, his life down for us, that's what the propelling or the motivating factor ought to be for us as to why we need to love one another. It's because God laid his life down for us. And that's what will get us to that position, to love one another. That's the motivating point for us. And today we live in a cultural, we, we live in a culture where there's so much contradiction about love. Um, we've, we've, we've gone into this, this the, the culture where it's all just, it's all just feelings. It's all about emotions. If you don't feel good, you don't love them. It's fine. Um, or, or there's this, or there's this famous saying about love is love, um, where, where it's just, you know, it's, it's whatever you make it to be. Um, and, and we've, we've diluted how love actually is, what the, what the Bible is. And because of the cultural contradiction around us, we, we tend to get confused of the true love of God that's speaking over our lives because we just get confused saying, oh, that could be love. Yeah, that could be love as well. But that's not what the Bible speaks the love to be. Um, um, and let's just take it a bit closer to hope now. Um, for me, one of the biggest barriers to loving someone is the expectation and the power of expectation. You know, sometimes expectation can cripple me. And especially when, when it's people closer to me, I, I expect, well, they just got to do it, right? They, they, I, I expected them to do it. And, and I sometimes surrender so much of power to their expectation that it just rules over me. And I just never love people because I'm like, well, they ought to do that. Why didn't they do it? And, you know, you, you just give so much expectation and that becomes an excuse for me to be offended. And that gives me an excuse to stay there. But God's not asking us to stay there. He's asking us to love, to not be offended and to not get so quickly offended, to get up and love. And that's what will actually propel us to move forward, to propel us to move forward in, in loving the person. So, so what, what is your first reaction when someone offends you? Do you want to just, just say something to them? What, what is your first reaction? And quite often the first reaction is actually your God. If you think about it, if, if your first is to defend yourself, then you are your God. If you're like, no, how would God do it? And this is how, this is how the gospel message is, and this is what I'm, I'm going to speak. Then you're putting God first. Then you, that's how you, that's how you're thinking. That's how you're, you're, made, you're, you're that's how you're structured to think. And I want to challenge you today, and that's a personal challenge to me myself as well. How often do we put ourselves before God in that, in that place? Um, 
And if we can just have our band band up now, um, I would. That's that's probably the. And if if we can just have our eyes closed. At this, at this time, and I just want you to just take, in a couple of moments, just 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 a silence whilst the band's getting up and probably playing something. We just we just want to take this moment. The Holy Spirit is right here. God is right here. Jesus, thank you. Your presence is right here. And if anything that I've spoken to you today resonates within you, or anything that that that's been spoken today has has you've received something or you felt like God was speaking something to you. If you're saying, God, I want to see the trueness of you. God, I want to see your love. God, I really want to see your love, God. I want to see a new revelation of you. Maybe I haven't even seen it yet. And God, I want to see it. If you're the one who's saying that, I want you to just speak to God now. I just want you to just, just surrender your heart. If, if you've picked up titles that are along the way, you've just picked up titles of what people have spoken over you, and you've forgotten that this is who God has called you, my child, I want you to just surrender. I just want to encourage you to just, just lay your life, just leave, just, just, just let that go and just give it to God. God is ready and wants to speak healing over you. And then if you're just feeling stuck and you just don't feel like you want to love another person because you've, you've had the expectation, you've got hurt and you just cannot get yourself to the place of loving the other person. And you say, God, I need strength. God, I need your love to love that person. I want to encourage you to just surrender, even that to God. And I'm going to close in a moment, but I just want you to just keep that in mind. And I just want you to just to say, God, I, I lay it down. It's not about me, God. It's just not about me. It's about you. It's about your love. It's actually identifying knowing your love, God. Oh God, we just thank you so much for your irrational love, for your love that knows no bound, there is no rush, there is no explanation, there is nothing, there's no reason attached to your love, it's so free, it's unrestrained. Your love is like that flowing river that just goes, oh, and it's just no end to that love. That's your love, God. But we have just messed up that definition of love because we've looked around and we've, we've thought that's what love is or we've seen the love of our, maybe our um, friends or our neighbors or our parents or whatever and we've kind of messed it up a little bit because we think that that's love. That's, that, that could be a, a small portion of it, but it's not the entirety of God's love. And God, we just want to surrender those things that we've held on to and those, those titles we've held on to, those areas that we just failed to give into your presence. And Lord, can you just move within our hearts that we will actually see and behold your love and that we will, we will exchange the titles for the bigger 
title that you place on us and that we will be able to go out and love our brothers. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, God, for your goodness. We speak your healing, your wholeness, God. I reach of us that's earning and hurt and in pain. God, we speak your love that envelopes those who are lonely, those who are broken. We speak your, your release and your healing, your wholeness, your hope over them, Lord. In Jesus' name.